right, all right, all right. You ready? I'm ready. Welcome to Break the Money Curse. It's your boy, Drew. It's your boy, D-Money. All right, so we're going to jump right into it because uh, we're talking about one of our favorite topics today. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Investing. So, you know, we were we were chatting the other day and we came to the realization that we talk about stocks and investing and crypto or, or some kind of version of investing every single week. Um, but we continue to get questions from people about like, how do you get started investing? So I don't think we ever provided any kind of baseline or context to a lot of the conversations we've had over the last uh, the last year or so. So uh, we're going to backtrack today, right? And start from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. We did a credit one-on-one. I think that was the first episode that we ever did. So yeah. today we're going to try to hit the investing one-on-one all right. for you guys. And hopefully this answers all of your questions. Yeah, man. So... Before, Let's take well, before we get started, I do want to, this is typically a question that I, I've heard a lot or people have asked me, should I invest if I have debt? Should I invest first if I have debt? Uh, I think we, we've gotten this question several times before. Um, and I, it depends on the type of debt would be my answer right so um the type of debt i'm talking about i'll just say credit card debt or like consumer debt not like mortgage debt or anything like that no um you you should not the first the first step should be to knock out that debt i think some types of debt um typically like lower interest rate and i'm taught the debt that that i would say are debt that's okay such as like your mortgage on your home that's healthy debt um, maybe you have a car note. That's okay. Any other type of debt, you want your first priority should be to knock that out before you start investing. But also with the realization that a lot of people put off investing, and it's like I want to get into it. I want to do. I want to do it, and it's aspirational. And there's always a lot of roadblocks that will stop. That will keep you from from just jumping in. But I would definitely say, especially if you have debt with higher interest rates, such as credit card debt. Knock that, knock that out first, um, because you're pro- in a lot of cases you're paying more in interest than what you could potentially make, um, what you can earn in the stock market. So it makes more sense to knock that out first. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, first, I, I would say it depends on what type um, mm-hmm. of investing. So I mean, I know one of the first things we're going to hit is four hundred one ks. Yeah. So. If you're getting a match from your company, I would say mm-hmm. even if you have debt, you know, you could do both of those. I would suggest you do both of those. Yeah. Anything other than a 401k, some of these other investment uh, vehicles we're going to talk about today, um, I would say definitely hit the high interest credit cards. Because um, essentially, like the way that I know I look at it, you know, a lot of people look at it is the reason that you're putting your money into the stock market is because you want to make a certain type of return. Right. So let's just say if your return that you like an average return, if you're putting your money in the S&P 500 is about 10% or so, eight to mm-hmm. 10%. But if you have 21% credit card debt, you're, you're losing guaranteed 21%. You're guaranteed yeah. losing 21% every single month. But if you say, okay, I, I can get 10% in the stock market, you're losing about 11%. At the end of the day, you're still losing. Right. So go ahead and go for the guaranteed return, which is the actual paying off of the debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you do that, then you can focus on some of these other investment vehicles we we're talking about. But I, I definitely wanted to 
to get that out the way because that's that's a question that I get all the time. We gotta we gotta send out. We need we need to uh, to to really list out some steps for these for these. We'll do it in a, on a future episode. I know we've talked about like Ramsey's baby steps, um, but I think like we've 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 put them all together in different episodes. Um, so we'll we'll come up with a with a guideline for y'all, but so we um, gotta get a break the money curse step. That's right, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right, man. So let's take it back. Uh, I think we mentioned. I think you talked about before that you you started investing in college, right? You've been you've been in the stock market for a really long time. Um, yeah, I actually, yeah, I started when I bought my first. There was an iBook before the MacBook. It was the iBook. Mm-hmm. It was before iPods and everything. Um, that was my first ago. time. Yeah, I know. That was my first time buying a stock, which was Apple stock. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of my first foray into, you know, investing of any type of sort. What made you, what led you to doing that? So uh, at the time, so I was, uh, I had gotten into listening to Susie Orman and I mm-hmm. read a couple of her books. Yeah, which led me to like some other folks uh, that I don't really remember their names. They're not really as popular. Yeah. Um, but one one thing that I read was rather than like basically you should invest in things that you understand or companies mm-hmm. that you you know like their products, you purchase their products. So at the yeah. time for me, it was between like Nike and Apple because you know I used to buy a lot of. <laughs> Nike shoes and then in college and then like Apple at the time like the Apple stock was cheaper so that's why I ended up going with Apple over over Nike at the time so that was a good pick yeah I know I ended up buying like I don't remember what the price was but I remember I I ended up buying like I think like 10 or 15 shares with like some extra money I had left over from a refund check and I mean I regret because I sold, I eventually sold that stock way yeah. too early. If I would have held on to it, you know, it would have been crazy. But um, I sold it, I think, when I graduated, around the time I graduated. Yeah. I got... Yeah, so my first time dabbling in investments was... I don't even know how long, probably 10 years ago. Um, I remember I opened up an E-Trade account Um and I, I was thinking at the time, like, man, I'm behind in retirement. I worked at, um, I worked for a company that didn't have a 401k match. So I was like, I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, I opened this E-Trade account and I started funding it. And I didn't know anything about the about the stock market. I think we had talked a little and I just had like very baseline knowledge. Um, and I just started researching some random stocks. It wasn't like you, you know, stuff that I enjoy it was like pharmaceutical companies, medical stock, just random, (laughs) random companies that I knew nothing about. Um, and I just started buying up these, these cheap stocks, um, and just putting money in it when I can, not a whole lot of money. Um, and I, uh, the stocks actually did well for the most part, like the account was growing, but then something happened and I needed to pay something off and I took the money out and I ended up closing that account. Um, and just kind of walked away from it. Uh, and then, of course, I had my 401ks and we're skipping. So like one thing I do want to say, like most people don't realize that they are investors. Um, but if you have a 401k, you are an investor. Um, yeah. And I always found like enrolling in 401ks, particularly when I switched the job, 
it was overwhelming. Like you, there's, they send you this book and there's all these numbers and there's, you know, fun performance and fees. And I always found that like, it was a lot to sit down and consume. So I kind of want to break that down a little bit today. Um, mm-hmm. But when I, the, the, when I seriously got involved in investing was last summer during the pandemic. Um, I had a couple months that I wasn't working and I decided like I was going to take that time and really teach myself the stock market and really do it in a disciplined way. Um, and I started off pretty slow. So less than a thousand dollars initial investment. Um, and you know, I think a couple weeks ago I told y'all I started off the first fund that I bought was, was the VU, which track, which is a, a fund that tracks the S and P 500. So pretty stable, you know, it's all your biggest companies. Um, and then from there, uh, I started researching different stocks and I started layering in. Um, so fast forward now it's uh, almost a year and a half later. Um, and you know, last year stock market was, was booming. So like my first year as a, like a serious investor, my returns were were great. Um, I want to say, like, and like, I'm really like, I, I I dig into my investing at a very mi- micro level that most people don't have time or energy to do. Um, so my returns last year were were close to forty percent. Um, and this year I have some really strong returns as well. But you know, like, obviously the market's not performing like it was a year ago. Um, and I've and I've and I've gotten more disciplined, but. I just like literally research like what's the best in- investment accounts, lowest fees. I open an account with Ally and I just started um, pumping money into it as I can. And now I have it on a regular cadence where um, I have different kind of accounts and we'll break down the different kinds and why I can explain why I have different kinds of accounts. Um, and I just like I monitor them, you know, monthly or whatever. And I uh yeah, I make sure that money's flowing into them on a regular basis. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, what just from my perspective, what I would recommend is, you know, we talk about a lot of individual stocks on yeah. uh, on this podcast. I actually wouldn't recommend. Well, one thing I I I, I don't want people to get wrong or the the bad, the wrong impression. Majority of my stock holdings are not in individual stocks. Yeah, it's in. Uh, either VTI, which is like a, a Vanguard total index um, ETF, mm-hmm. um, which I, I actually uh, it's in VU, which is mm-hmm. the Vanguard S and P five hundred, or it's in VB, VBR, which is Vanguard like small cap funds. Yeah. So that's like an easy way, <laughs> of, and I, I hardly ever look at those accounts. Honestly. Yeah. Like it's like an easy way to to invest if you invest in probably one of those three yep uh you're gonna get you know a good representation of a lot of stocks and when you look at you know year over year for the long haul you know Mm -hmm. over the last 70 80 years you know you've gotten like anywhere between you know eight and probably 12 13 percent between you know those stocks and then i have a very small percentage that's in individual stocks, you know? So if I actually had to break it down, I would say probably 90% of my stock holdings are in those ETFs mm-hmm. and 10%. I like to dabble in, uh, in the crypto or, or, uh, the individual stocks, wherever individual stocks I have. 
Yeah. So I would recommend that for most people because if you don't have time to mm-hmm. to actually research these companies, and I'm not talking about just investing in a company because we said something on this podcast or you heard someone say something about it on YouTube, yeah. and I would recommend you not invest in that. And I would recommend you just basically invest in those ETFs, which you'll still get a very good return. Um, I, yeah. Over the years, I mean, I've 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 had very very good returns because I started investing um, more. Like when we graduated, we had the the uh, the the recession, mm-hmm. and I started investing a lot during that time. So basically, I was investing at the bottom of the market. Yep. So I mean, when you think about that, that was what thirteen years ago. So investing at the bottom of the market, I've just kind of rode that wave up but i never stopped investing i still invest even as it continue to go up that's the thing yeah don't try to time the market uh-uh. like you want to always be in the market yep and that's yeah. why i invest every single month i agree um and yeah you want your the thing is when you invest you you know i see there's social media podcasts whatever will will have you thinking that the stock market like is, is you're gonna get rich quick you know buy the stock and i know i you know i recommend stocks weekly and there are things that there are stocks that i've bought into um but to d's point my portfolio i have a very aggressive portfolio i'm at an age that i can't afford to take the risks um but i still keep at least 50 percent of my split into index funds mutual funds or whatever because to his point that 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 automatically diversifies right so if one particular company let's say totally tanks and goes bankrupt it's gonna have a relatively minimal impact on your overall outcome because your money is split between so many and when we're talking about these mutual funds these are big top performing companies right so you're gonna automatically gain a piece of the return so an eft or a mutual fund is just a combination of a bunch of companies ETF. And, and yeah an etf um just a, a combination of a bunch of companies uh and so instead of buying an individual stock you can buy into all those companies without paying the full stock price of each individual company so yeah i agree with that 100 percent. don't say i'm gonna get into the stock market and you know throw all my money into this one stock that i that i saw someone on ig or Twitter LLC or break the money first recommend. <laughs> no, you gotta yeah. you gotta make sure it's I mean unless you're doing your own research about those things. Any stocks yeah. that we mentioned here, I would say definitely do your own research because you may have you may not have the same conviction I have yeah. about a stock. You know, like I, I've been talking about Tesla mm-hmm. forever. Like I love Tesla stock. You know, even yeah. even before like Tesla like jumped last year, I was investing in Tesla because I always I just got the the vision for me. It was just like all these things that they were doing in in the future. But I was so convicted about that stock. Some people hated that stock. So it's Mm -hmm. just like, do your own research. If you're not going to do the research, I think a very easy thing to do is invest in in, in the the funds that follow like the S&P 500, the total stock market or like the small caps. That's just a really easy thing to do. Yeah. A lot of um, first time millionaires, um, they invest in funds. Uh, and the good part about that is because I think that's the number one 
thing I get from people that don't invest is I don't have time. And when you invest in those funds, it's literally a set it and forget it. You, yep. you, you buy when you have time and you don't need to look at that account. And there's a 90% chance the next time you log into that account, it's going to have more money <laughs> than the last true. time you logged in. That's, that's definitely true. It's definitely true. And I mean, the other thing for you not to look at those accounts is, you know, the stock market goes up and down every day. So yeah. you would literally drive yourself crazy just looking at that. Um, what I generally do is I look at my accounts at the end of every year. Mm-hmm. And all I look at, I don't even look deep. I want to see, okay, what was the beginning balance on January 1st? What's the end of balance on December 31st? Like, that's all I'm looking at. Like, see. I don't even go deep into the funds or anything like that because it's just like, I don't want to go crazy. I don't, uh, I'm not going to move it. Like, my I goal move is. I move and rebalance all the time. Like at a minimum quarterly, I want to make sure like these funds are hitting the targets that I expected them to, especially compared to the rest of the market. See, I have a a long-term outlook, so I don't really care about what they're doing right now. You know, it's like, I mean, because at at the end, at the end of the day, like for example, you know, I had like, for instance, like the S&P 500. I remember this was like 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Like one year, that year I had like a 33% return on that fund. Yeah. And then like the next year it was down 8%. I, if I would have moved that because it wasn't hitting like the target, then it's now been up like 50, 60% since then. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, for me, it's just like, I'm not, I know I'm not touching this retirement money. Mm-hmm until I'm like 59, 60, 61. So I have faith that the stock market is gonna be a lot higher than it is today. So I'm not touching that money. Now, one thing that we're gonna talk about is maybe brokerage accounts. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's something that you can move. But the retirement accounts that I have, like I'm looking at over the long haul, I don't touch those at all. But let's get into, you know, the different types of investment accounts. Like if someone, uh, investment one-on-one, you know, how, how, what would you say the first way that someone could get started in investing? It's something you already mentioned in this 401ks, right? I think that's yeah, the, that's far, the, that's far the, the easiest way. <laughs> it's the easiest way. Your options are really limited, um, unfortunately. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, but part- most companies have some kind of match. So we always say this. At bare minimum, you want to make sure that you're maxing out your employer match. So if they'll match up to 5%, then you want to put at least 5% into that account. Um, You know, obviously everyone's budget is a little bit different, uh, but 401k for sure. Um, So figure out and test it out. The nice thing about a 401k is like for most companies, they will adjust your payroll deductions when you make changes relatively quickly if you hit it at the right point in the pay cycle. So like if you're starting to invest, obviously that's going to impact your budget, right? You have to budget for your investment percentage. So test it out, test out an aggressive number. So maybe say, let's say I want to test out 5%. Maybe I want to test out 10%. See how that impacts your paycheck. Um, And then you can make adjustments as you go to see what's the right number to start with. Yeah, definitely. Um, And as far as 401k, I mean, we talked about this uh, uh, on a previous episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Basically, definitely do up to the match. 
Um, yeah. You'll have a choice of whether or not you want to do traditional or Roth. That's basically pre and post tax. Traditional, you're yeah. going to save money on taxes now. Roth, you're going to save money on taxes later. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be able to uh, invest up to 19 point, uh, well, $19,500 uh, if you're under uh, 50. Um, yeah. um, if you're over 50, you have like a catch up. I think you can do up to $26,000. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I would say definitely like Drew said like anything up to the match if you want to go all the way up to the limit 19500 uh, you could definitely do that um, uh, but definitely 401k is like the easiest uh, thing to do so I would say definitely up to the match um, the easiest thing to set it and forget it you look at the different funds mm-hmm. what, what we would recommend uh, would be looking at a fund that follows the fi- S&P 500 usually these are yeah. I mean, you can just, uh, you know, look at like the funds that are offered and Google those and it'll tell you, you know, whether or not they follow like the S&P 500 or something that follows like the total st- uh, stock market or maybe like some small caps, things like that. Uh, but that's definitely like the easiest way to do it because it's coming out of your paycheck uh-huh. every two weeks or every month or every week, however often you get paid. And now you're an investor instantly. Yep. <laughs> the other thing to look at. So when I look at funds, the things I look at are projections, right? So how has this the fund performed historically? Five years, one year, year to date, whatever. Um, so historically, how has that fund performed? And then I look at the expenses. Um, I think one drawback of 401k is a lot of the funds tend to be a little more expensive than yeah. with other types of accounts. Um a lot of people, and I did this when I first started investing in 401ks, I automatically, I was like, this is too much information. I'm going to do a target fund. So if I, I plan to retire in 2025 or whatever, 20, like I would select the target fund for 2025. Um, and that's, I think that's what the majority of people do. Target funds, how, however, do tend to have a very high expense ratio. Yeah. Yeah. They're usually, I think, over one. I would say anything over one is expensive. Um, yeah. Really, anything over like 0.75 probably is yep. starting to get into that expensive area. Um, some of these, the, the ones that I that we're talking about with the you know Vanguard Total Stock Index, and Vanguard and things like that, um, are you know in the anywhere between zero and probably point point four. Yeah. So there's a section that you can look at when you're looking at these uh, funds. They'll say expense ratio, mm-hmm. and there's no reason to be investing in anything that's like over one. Yeah. Quite honestly. Um, so yeah, I would definitely stay away from those. Cool. So because uh, basically, well, let me. Those expense ratios actually eat into your profit. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's something that you will want to know. Like you're actually paying. The, the, the company 1% of mm-hmm. your, you know, whatever your fund is worth. So yep. you, you want to minimize that cost. For sure. So the next type of account, um, and we talked, I think we talked about this maybe last week, uh, IRAs, right? Um, and there's two kinds, there's traditional and there's Roth. Um, so I know you love a Roth. Mm-hmm. So I guess the first question is, if I already have a 401k, why would I open a different type of retirement investment account? So this is a couple of things. So one thing that I like about uh, 
just IRA. So first of all, IRA stands for individual retirement account. Mm-hmm. So you can open these despite the fact that you have a 401k, but yeah. you can, um, uh, like what, what we talked about in terms of, uh, if say if you only want to invest up to, uh, your company match, say the company match is going to be probably $5,000 for the year for you. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, that if you want to invest more money, you, you can, for a 401k, go up to 19.5 uh, mm-hmm. if you're under 50. But what I would recommend is what I've always done is I just open up a, a, a individual retirement account yeah. that has way more funds mm-hmm. than your 401k and yep. is going to be cheaper in terms of the different accounts. I've even yeah. seen it. I've seen the same fund in your 401k and the same Vanguard fund in Vanguard. And the expense ratio is higher. Yeah. You know, it's just like with 401ks, they they give you limited. It's limited uh, in terms of choices, but it's also more expensive. So yeah. what I do is anything extra that I want to invest, I go ahead and just put it in an individual retirement account because mm-hmm. I have way more. options. I'm talking about you have hundreds of thousands of options, yep. you know, so. So that's, it's, that's the reason for that. Right. It's cheaper. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. What about access to your money? So we know on a 401k, if you pull it out before you're like 59 and a half, um, there's a penalty, right? You've got to, you, you, you're you paying taxes on it, but you're also um, paying that penalty for pulling it out early. Um, what about on a Roth IRA? Because a lot of people are saying, I think a lot of people that haven't started investing, the thought is like, okay, what if I need access to my money? Yep. This is why I love the Roth IRA, yep. uh, by the way, because I, I mean, I always use and I still, I guess, kind of to this day, I use my Roth IRA as my emergency fund. And we talked yeah. about this so many times. I never have emergencies like that. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I'm not pulling. I, I recommend I don't recommend you to pull any money out of your Roth IRA. But the point is, if you really, really needed it, you can use your Roth IRA. And actually, mm-hmm. I did use my Roth IRA to buy my first home because yeah. you can you can pull it out for first time home purchase mm-hmm. um, you can uh, pull money out of your Roth IRA college expenses there's other like special like exceptions that you yeah. can pull money out of your Roth IRA now, I wouldn't recommend people do that the only reason I actually use it for my first time home is because I was house hacking which we talked about um, mm-hmm. in uh, one of the first few episodes and I knew that I can make way more money house hacking than keeping my money in the stock market at the time. Yep. So for me, that that's uh, uh, why I did that. But even if you know you're, you're not pulling your money out for you know any of those things, you can actually pull out the money that you not not the earnings, but let's just say you've invested six thousand dollars into your Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. Now the fund is worth eight thousand because you've made two thousand dollars. You can pull out that six thousand dollars, and it's not like you're taking a loan. It's not like you're taking anything. There's no penalty. Yeah, you can pull out that six thousand dollars and go do whatever you need to do with it. That's yep. why I say it's kind of like a emergency fund. Yeah, uh, but I wouldn't recommend people do that unless you absolutely that needs that should be the last resort. Yeah, the money that you put in is yours if you need it. And you you don't have you don't have to wait to retirement. You should, but you don't right. have to. Exactly. Uh, there's no penalty. There is a penalty if you take out the interest yes. um, before retirement age. Um. So I think the nice thing about a Roth that, and I think this is probably the number one type of account we recommend um, outside of a, you know, your 401k match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that 
at retire. So keep in mind your fund. So with a traditional 401k, that money's coming straight out of your paycheck pre-tax, right? Um, so when you retire, you're paying taxes on that money. You're paying taxes on any interest that you've earned. Yep. Roth IRA, that money, you've already paid taxes when you got paid from your employer on that. So that money is going in there already taxed. And any interest you earn on that money, you're not going to have to pay taxes on if you pull it out after retirement age as well. So it's the only That's account true. that you don't have to pay taxes on the earned interest, right? Yeah. And and now everybody's not going to, you know, get their Roth IRA this high. But this, this is just kind of an extreme example of what can happen. Yeah. So you have... Because uh, the uh, the most that you can put in a in a IRA is six thousand dollars, and this is based on how much money you make. I think like mm-hmm. you make for a couple one ninety eight two hundred and between like one ninety eight and two hundred six thousand, you start to yeah. uh, uh, get to the cap. I forget what the uh, uh, for the single person, but basically, if you're below that threshold, you can invest up to six thousand dollars mm-hmm. and each. So once you hit yeah. that six thousand, make sure your wife right. opens that account. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's just say if I put six thousand dollars into like Tesla, for example. I mean, because th- th- there are people out there who have Don't. been investing in Tesla since like two thousand twelve. Mm-hmm. Like they're Roth IRA, they were yeah. investing in Tesla. Yeah. When it was like thirty dollars per share, you know, things yeah. like that. It jumped last year. It jumped up to thirty five hundred per share. So mm-hmm. that's like. A thousand times, no, what's that? Ten, a hundred times growth? Yeah, a hundred times growth or so. Mm -hmm. So that $6,000 could be worth 600,000. You know, there's cases where people, $6,000 are worth a million, two million, three million. This is an extreme example. This is an extreme example, but I just want to show you the power of this. So that's $6,000 that you put in post tax. Now, when you take out that million, millions of dollars that you have mm-hmm. you pay no taxes on it yeah now if the, you would have put that in pre-tax that million dollars now you're a millionaire you're going to be taxed at the highest tax rate yep you're talking about almost 40 percent you know which uh, is what happens with a traditional ira or yeah. uh um or your 401k if you don't have a roth 401k Right. And this is why I love this is why I love Roth is because if you grow your account like just extraordinarily high, uh-huh. you could potentially pay like not pay. Well, you're already paying taxes when you put it in, but you could potentially like on all the earnings, pay no taxes. Yep. That's like an amazing deal. Yeah. <laughs> so. So why would. So I think a lot of people just see, you know, I want to open a retirement account and they just pick an IRA. Why would someone open a traditional IRA versus a Roth? So uh, there's a uh, couple different reasons. I mean, if you're like in uh, the, the tax bracket, the higher tax brackets where, yeah. you know, you're, you know, you're already paying like high taxes and there's a chance. Maybe you think that in the future that your tax bracket may be lower, you know, um, I think that's a good example of uh, somebody, you know, opening up for me, like uh, a traditional account. That's or, if you, like, or if you make too much money, right, to open a Roth. Yeah, or yeah, or if you make too much money to open a Roth as well. And then so, you backdoor that money into a Roth. 
Yeah. Which, there's still ways. To, like there's a, still loopholes. <laughs> yeah, there's still loopholes to get back into the ride. Uh, so, I mean, we're not going to go super deep, but yeah, there's still uh, loopholes to get to the Roth. I mean, Roth is like, in my opinion, is, is king. You know, yeah. if you're looking at, if you're Absolutely. looking at, you know, uh, chess or, or whatever, I mean, Roth is like the, the, the king, uh, uh, or I should say queen, uh, because the, the, the queen is the most powerful piece on the board in chess. Uh, it's, it's like the queen strategy, you know, Yep. Uh, because those earnings could not be taxed. Yeah. Okay. And then the last type of account you mentioned earlier is like a standard brokerage account. So, yeah. you know, so, why would someone have, you use Webull, right? Yeah, I use Webull. I use, uh, well, primarily uh, I use uh, Chase and, and mm-hmm. M1 Finance, actually. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, but I, I do have some money in, in Webull as well. Why Why do you like have outside? Like, why do you buy? Why would someone have a standard brokerage account? So now, so now <laughs> I already got a 401k. Yep. I got a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. Now, why are we talking about a third type of account? So this third type of account, I like to, and, and this for me is my account because my, my, my Roth IRAs, my 401ks, those are my retirement accounts. Yep. I, I rarely, I, I put money in those every month. I honestly don't even look at those accounts. Yeah. For me, I'm not touching those until I'm 65, whatever. Yep. The standard brokerage account is the money is more accessible. Yep. And yes, you, uh, I mean, you are taxed. Yeah, capital gains. Um, you know, yeah, you're taxed with capital gains, but the money is more accessible. You don't have any penalties by pulling it out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you still want to invest more and you don't want to keep your money in the bank, you've already maybe maxed out your 401k, you maxed out your uh, Roth IRA. Because mm-hmm. what I would say is if someone, you know, go up to the match for 401k, then they max out their Roth IRA and they still want to invest more for retirement, then go back and invest more in your 401k. Yeah. And then let's just say you still want to invest more. This is where a standard brokerage account is, yep. is great because otherwise, if you if you have this money and you just you don't want to have it sitting. And this is the case for me. I don't want to have it sitting in, in my bank account. Um, I just want to have that money in the market. You know, yeah. you know me. I, I don't like to have my money in. in yeah, in, I, I have a few thousand dollars in my bank account. Mm-hmm. The rest, I'm getting it out of my bank account, putting yeah. it in. In, in, in my brokerage account yep. and the reason i like this so much because i can use this money if i need extra money for anything i can just mm-hmm. sell some stocks yep you know and maybe you know i'm taxed at the depending on if it's a short-term gain or a long-term gain a long-term gain is anything that you hold over a year mm-hmm. uh it's it's if you tr- if you hold it at the long-term gain you're uh only taxed you're taxed at a favorable capital gains gains rate which is still a good deal you know yeah. you're still probably going to make more than keeping your money in a bank which is for basically sure zero percent you know yeah. if you invest in, in some good stuff and and with that you can invest in anything you can invest in these ET, these etfs we talked about today uh-huh. you can invest in individual individual uh stocks you know so it's just yeah. a really flexible account yeah um so like all the stocks i i recommend on this show so my 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 um, brokerage account is my fun account. That's the one I can take more risks. I play with. Mm-hmm. And I don't have as much money into the in these funds, 
because this is where I prove to myself that I know a little something about investing. And sometimes, you know, you, this is where I, I feel like I can take risks. Yeah. Um, so like, this is where, like, when I say like, I, I, I log in every day, but my money that's in those funds and those retirement ca- accounts, like that's the priority, right? I'm going to take care of my 401k first. I'm going to fund my Roth IRA at least to $6,000 every single year. And then the leftover is my play money that's going in this brokerage account because I know I'll have access to it anytime. Um, And I think the biggest part about this is like, I think we were taught, we were taught to save, right? In most households, like Mm -hmm. save your money, open, like it's a big deal, open a savings account, you know? And then you look in your money, like I look at what I put in there for the year and it's, the number is pretty much identical yeah. to, to what I have now. It's pretty much identical to what I put in. You're earning a right. 0.05 or whatever, or even if it's a if it's a high high yield savings, it's it's very minimal. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, to to your point, like have that emergency fund. But if you can have your emergency fund making money for you, depending on your age, if you can afford to take the risk, um, then my recommendation would be like keep very minimal money in the bank and then be, like put the rest in the stocks make sure it's diversified and you're not just dumping all your money in one spot because that makes the risk very high um and start like start making money off these companies yeah definitely i mean you you have to try to uh you know obtain some of this growth because uh, mm-hmm. you're definitely not getting that growth uh, in 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 the bank. Um, so I would say, like, if we had to kind of sum this up um, mm-hmm. in terms of like steps, uh, 401k is definitely the first thing that you should invest yep. your money in. So to go the, up to the match. To the match at minimum. Yep. To the match. Right. Roth IRA. Uh, try to you know hit the six thousand dollars every single um, year. And, yeah, every single year. And then from there, if you have anything extra, um, you can uh, go into that standard brokerage account. And um, I would say another component, which we talked about, and this is actually where most of my money is, is in real estate. That's investing as well. We just talked about like investing in stocks. Like I would, I would say stocks is probably like the easiest, mo- most accessible thing that you could do because you can just open an account today and start investing in stocks. Whereas with real estate, you have to go, you know, buy a house, find a house. But that's another piece of investing as well. But stocks are definitely like the most simplest way to to invest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I can hear the audience saying, well, I'm probably not going to make it to that bro- that brokerage account right now because I don't I can't even max out the Roth IRA. I can't <laughs> even, you know. Yeah. What I would say is I'll just kind of when I first started investing, I mean, I definitely wasn't investing in no brokerage accounts. Like it yeah. was definitely the match for the 401k. Um, then I, I remember starting, I would do $50 per month um, yeah. in my Roth IRA. So I was only putting $600 in my Roth IRA. And I challenged myself every year to double what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So like the next year I did a hundred, then the next year I did 200 until I kind of got up to that $6,000. But yep. for me, it was a challenge. It meant that I needed to make more money or cut my expenses or do something yep. to figure out a way to 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 um, to uh, fund fully my, my Roth IRA. So that's what I would challenge you guys to do. I think everyone has I, I think we all can do definitely the match uh, for for the retirement account, especially if you're out of debt. You can do yeah. the match for the 401k. 
um, and then maybe start with $50 a month for that uh, Roth IRA and and then challenge yourself to to fully increase that. You shouldn't still be doing $50 a month in 10 years. Yeah. You know, you have to definitely challenge yourself to, to increase that. Yeah. And the way I think about it is if you're saving, you know, 6000 a month, let's say even 10000 right? Because you're going to have your 401k money as well. Um, mm-hmm. Well, think about what you're saving for the year, right? Whatever 5% of your check is plus the 6000 So let's say that's 20000 Right. What is 20000 How far is that going to get you in retirement? Um, yeah, especially... Based on I mean, your age. Like, especially, especially if you're like, uh, I don't know, 25? Yep. Yeah. So if you're 25, it could get you far. But if you're... Yeah, so... If you're 35, how... Like, are you going to be taking any vacations in retirement? Probably not. You're not going to be eating too good. So... You, like you got to make those sacrifices now so that you can really enjoy that time like when you have the time to enjoy it you know yeah definitely and I just uh, did a calculator so ten thousand dollars and I, I know you can invest more than in it but just let's just say ten thousand ten thousand dollars over 40 years at an eight percent return rate which is definitely doable mm-hmm. that turns into 2.8 million dollars yep so that's four hundred thousand dollars that you contributed, and it turned into two point eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a lot of money. You you'll be good for retirement. Like you'll be set for retirement, really. Yeah. Plus, you didn't add in social security. Yeah, I didn't even add in social security. But you yeah. have two point eight million dollars to to generate. Typically, let's just say that's three million dollars. Typically. Uh, if you went to a financial planner, they would probably recommend you take if you take four percent of whatever your retirement account is mm-hmm. on an annual basis. If you draw down four percent, so out of three million dollars, four percent is one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. I think you. I mean, you can live on one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, right? And um, depending on where you're living, of course. But one hundred twenty thousand dollars <laughs> is a pretty middle America. Middle America. That's that's a pretty good you know salary. Yeah, I can live on that in California, so y'all can live on it wherever you live. So if you do 4% a year, essentially your money will last forever almost. Like you will never, you wouldn't deplete that account. Now, of course, you can do more than that, but yeah, you wouldn't deplete that account. Yeah. Yeah, man. So uh, I I agree. I think, uh, so we outlined the steps, start with that 401k, but um. Now, uh, in, in, in the spirit of talking stocks and investing, you know, I got to drop a stock pick of the week. <laughs> Go ahead. Drop your stock pick. Uh, and this is one that uh, a lot of y'all know. It's Levi's. Uh, I've, held, I've been holding on to this Levi's stock for a minute. Um, and stock price currently when we're recording is like right around $27. Um, looking at different analysts the target price is about 33 so here's to do with levi's so we know like we're still we're in this endless pandemic we've had a lot of people working from home um and traditionally first of all everybody has a pair of levi's in their closet right but um but what we're i used to but i don't anymore you anyway (laughs) um 
we're seeing that uh, the trend has been the shift to athleisure, right? So everybody wants to be comfortable. It's more workout gear. Uh, and you would think that that would impact uh, Levi. However, um, they are, they've entered into agreement to acquire uh, yoga brand um, Beyond Yoga. So they're moving into the activewear sector. Um, so that uh, that acquisition is expected to contribute more than a hundred million dollars in net revenue to Levi's next year. Um, and then when you look at how the company and the stock has been performing, they've been crushing um, both Lululemon and Nike um, in, in those segments. So uh, as and by the way, as people go back to work and we can't wear the active wear around, you know, you can't wear the, the yoga pant bottom and a dress top anymore. Um, the That's going to lead to more sales for Levi's anyway. So the stock is going to benefit from the continued reopening and people having to go back to work. So yeah. that's my pick. Cool. You got to. Uh, yeah, go for it. My word, I'm loving. I, I've been on this uh, this audible kick uh listening to books mm-hmm. um so the one thing is a book the one thing um that book is incredible i actually just started it but i've been hearing you know uh, a lot about it is the one thing by, by gary keller um but you know it's just one of those books that uh i like challenging myself it challenges mm-hmm. me to you know figure out that one thing uh, that you need to do every day to, you know, obtain your goal. So if I say I want to buy a real estate property by the end of October, like what is what what is one thing I could do today? Maybe I can wake up early, you know, earlier than I, I usually do yeah. and start investing and start uh, analyzing real estate deals. Uh-huh. So it's just like getting really serious with yourself, you know, about reaching your goals and what you can do to reach your goals. So. Uh, the one thing by Gary Keller. I like it. And if you are an Audible fan, Break the Money Curse is now on Audible as well. So you can add us to your list there. Um, so, all right, man. How you feeling? Yeah, feeling good. So I, I would say go out there, man. If you're not investing in your 401k, start investing in your 401k. If, if you're already doing that, open a Roth, open up a Roth IRA. If you've already maxing that out and you maxed out the 401k, Let's go ahead and open up that uh, brokerage account. So, yeah, let's let's start investing. This is what we need to do to get ahead. Once you paid off all the debt, start investing. Yeah. If you've got if you have questions along the way or just want to pick our brains about how we went about it, uh, don't hesitate to send us a message on um, the Break the Money Curse IG or um, you can at BreakTheMoneyCurse.com. You can leave us a message as well and we will um, we'll get back to you. But uh, thanks for uh, chopping it up with us for uh, another week. Uh, Let's get this money. We'll, We'll chat next time. Peace out.